we are going to be digging into uh, the application of Second Timothy chapter two, where Paul basically lays out for Timothy the path, you know, the steps that you take really in order to discover biblical or authentic masculinity. Welcome, everyone, to this Thursday episode of The Salty Pastor. I'm Dr. Douglas Peak, also known as The Salty Pastor. And if you might notice that uh, Jesse, our host, is not with us. He's currently on a tour of the Holy Land. We hope that he's just having a great time over there experiencing this pilgrimage. It's an incredible thing. If you ever get a chance to go, I strongly encourage it. I do have, though, a very special guest, someone that I'm very proud of, and that is my firstborn son, Zachary Peak. Want to say hello? Hey there. <laughs> when you, uh, you said Jesse is not with us, there was that little quarter second pause. I was like, oh no. Did something <laughs> happen to Jesse? <laughs> Jesse's not with us. What's going on? No, thankfully he's just in Israel. He's just in Israel, yeah. And so uh, we are going to be digging into uh, the application of 2 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul basically lays out for Timothy the path, you know, the steps that you take really in order to discover biblical or authentic masculinity. Mm -hmm. And so what males need, and we talked a lot about how important it is, how important it is to ask those questions and dig deeper. But today, uh, what I'd like us to do is really kind of dig into why our society has kind of gone off the rails and makes it so difficult now for boys to be mentored and uh, discipled and shaped into the men they need to become. So, uh, what are some of your initial thoughts on what our society in a large sense is doing that makes that so difficult? Well, I think in general, our society is at this point, very fractured, very different, depending on where you're at. Okay. I, I think very that, fractured. Well, I mean, we're a large country. We have 350 million people now, you know? Yeah. And so you've got lots of different subgroups and lots of different bifurcations and lots of different lines. And I think that what we've seen recently is that people are really trying to hold to who they are and just kind of keep everybody else out. They're trying to, mm -hmm. to push other ideas away. They're trying to ensure that they have their area that no one can come into. And I don't, I don't think that that allows for you know, true masculinity is, is confident. Mm -hmm. It's strong. And I don't see a lot of confidence and strength in our society today. I see lots of, uh, insecurity, mm. lots of power hungry drives, you know, mm -hmm. lots of desires for, you know, how people want things is what matters. And I think you see this a lot. Um, well, no matter what your political opinion is on this with the Supreme court stuff, with the uh, student loan, you know, and everything mm -hmm. where, uh, there's clearly no legal, like based on the constitution and this kind of stuff, like yeah, there's no legal precedent. There, there's for not it. really any legal legality behind it. And, and there's even, I've seen a, I did see an opinion piece. I think it was in the Washington post or something where it was like, uh, what Biden is doing is illegal, but it's good. So we should do it. Just like totally just like, well, we want to do this. We, we would like yeah. this. So we should just do it whether or not it's legal. And, and when you dispense the rule of law and you do well, that based just, on whim, that's horrible. Yeah, that, that, that's not confident. That's not secure. That's not freedom. That's not strength. Yeah. That's just 
power hungriness. That's just yeah. tyranny. And so I think that in that context, it's really difficult to become a man because all you see are these power grabs. All you see is power. Mm. And when all you see is power, well, men sometimes, you know, just start going after power. And that's not a good thing because yeah. true masculinity is not all about gathering power. It's about knowing you yourself are powerful. And so you, in a lot of cases, don't need that power. You know, you don't necessarily want that power, mm -hmm. but you accept it as a responsibility, not yeah. as something to have and, and use for what you want. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting about what you said is that it's not grabbing power, right? Because insecurity drives you to, to thirst after and grab power. Yes. Right. But it's knowing that you're powerful. Mm -hmm. And when you know you're powerful, then that gives you the capacity to be honorable, gentle, yeah. self-controlled, mm -hmm. and alert. Exactly. And so we're robbing boys the opportunity to do that. I think another thing that really is robbing our society of any capacity to let men find masculinity is our society, of course, calls masculinity toxic, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, even if you go to school now uh, at the university level and you're a freshman, you have to the majority of public institutions, government-run institutions, meaning state schools and universities, mm -hmm. uh, state universities, have you sit through a freshman orientation where you have to watch a, a, a documentary, which is not a documentary at all. It's just propaganda. It's called The Masks We Wear or The Mask You Wear. And it's, all, it's a bitter diatribe about men. Mm -hmm. And so many people have bought into this. As a matter of fact, um, I want to show a video real quick about how this has taken so root in our society that women now have this really weird perception of men. And there's this guy, he's a young guy, and he has women on his show and he interviews them and who have these really strange ideas, but these ideas have come from our society. And they, these girls were raised to believe this. And then they, it, what happens is it becomes disconnected with reality. So let's listen to this video real quick. It's not very long, but I thought uh, it might help spark some discussion. Men are the coolest, but I don't need them to survive. You do actually need men to survive. And here's why. Everything that you see around you was built and created and maintained by men. Okay. Everything, the infrastructure in this country, in every single country in the world, is built, created, and maintained by good, honest, hardworking men that just want to Everything, the roads you drive on, the buildings you live in. I think it's really interesting that you have these gals and they're like, well, I don't need a man. I don't want a man. You know, or the, I guess I would say, I don't need a man. They're not necessary. I'm a self-independent, standalone woman, you know, and if a guy comes into my life, it's a luxury. It's, it's not mm -hmm. a thing. And well, first and foremost, I think that that's really devastating to women, mm -hmm. right? Because they're not wired that way. And I think it's really to have that perception of, of guys is really dangerous for society. But that's what's happened, right? Our president, President Biden, current Biden, stood up and said, a woman can do anything a man can do. And I'm like... No, not anything, <laughs> not anything. And just, and you know, this is false. When you invert it, a man can do anything a woman can do. No, a man can't have a well, baby. Be careful if you say, you know, this is false when you invert it. Not everybody knows that. That's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Which is strange. You know, basic logic has gone out the window, it's, but I, I don't know if it's strange or not. It's just, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing that, uh, all the, uh, true hardcore salties out there will really enjoy. We're going to, dive in deep right now the the issue here is conflation yeah 
you know, th- there's this silly idea right now. And, you know, having a grown up under the salty pastor himself, uh, I'm a little <laughs> salty occasionally, got a little bit of salt, understand a little bit of rhetoric. The statement, I don't need a man. It's like, well, define need. Yeah. You don't need a man to live. You don't need a man to get a job. You don't need a man to support yourself and buy a house, you know? And well, I mean, maybe because house prices are so crazy. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. You, you need like three or four people to buy a house. So, so maybe we'll, we'll not do that one. But it's like, but basically it's like, okay, you don't, you don't, it's not necessary to have a man to exist. That's a true statement, right? But, it, or is it? <laughs> Well, well, I mean, I mean, purely to exist as a single individual in America. Yeah, it's but, not necessary to have a man who you are married to if you're a woman. Could you that be in a, the strictest okay. sense of the word is a true statement. My yes. point, though, yeah. is then there's this there's this uh, conflation where it's like, well, because I do not need a man as a woman to be married to to exist as a human being in America. It's like I don't need a man for anything. And that's about as big of a logical jump yeah. as you can possibly make. And these things are conflated. There's no thought process. There's no reality yeah. in there. There's no critical There's thinking. There's no truth. There's no critical thinking. Mm-hmm. There's none of this because what those things would recognize is, well, we need a lot of people to make society. You know, mm-hmm. we, we to, to actually build a society and civilization, you need a lot of people. You need a military. You need all these things, you know? And so, so whatever path you want to take or even just in a personal life, if you want to have a family, you need to, you know, a man and a woman have to be together and, and have children, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so this this need thing is what people, it's just this big, vague word that's just amorphous now. Yeah. You know, where it's like, we don't, we don't need that. Well, what do you mean you don't need that? I mean, you don't need to drink water. You'll be dead soon, but you don't need to drink water, right? Right. Like, and so it's, it's that is what that word, that the word carries a lot is my point. And that's why I appreciate what this guy is, is bringing up is he's like, hold on, let's, let's dig into that. You don't need men. Okay. Well, I mean, have you ever heard of trains? Trains are really important. They, I believe trains uh, and ships make up most of our transportation of goods. Yes. Isn't it like, cause like, we always see the semi trucks, but what percent actually, I think it's like over 70% of good shipping, maybe 80, 90 is between trains and ships. Yes. It's not trucks. And even if you want to throw in trucks, what is the uh, breakdown in those sectors of men versus women working? I think it's a lot more men. If yes, yeah, eighty to ninety percent of truck drivers are men. I, I remember seeing Captain Phillips. There weren't a lot of women on that ship. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and my point is simply that you know, in society, we do need each other, and for a lot of things, you do need a man and a woman, and that's not a bad thing. No, you know, and but, I I would go even a step further, and that is, is all you have to do is compare the vibe or what she's saying to another country. For instance, if you go to Saudi Arabia, you go to Indonesia, yeah. you could you. Like in America, as a female, you can go and get a job, right? Mm-hmm. And you can buy a house and you can feed yourself without a man. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in Indonesia. That's true. You can't do it in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You can't do it in Iran, Iraq. You can't do it in, in any of yeah. these Islamic-dominated countries. And the reason uh, they have laws against it, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't do that. You can't even be out in public, okay, right? But Saudi Arabia is making some progress. Women can now get a driver's license. Oh, well, they can drive now. Okay. <laughs> very, you know, very progressive state. That they are is. so progressive. <laughs> but the, the point being is that, okay, you as a woman have all these freedoms in America, mm-hmm. Well, and you have all the potential to be independent. Where do they come from? Where did they come from? <laughs> you know, it's so it was so funny. I was listening to this debate, and this guy was talking about, well, you know, women are the largest block of voters, and we do this, and we're just going to vote men out, and blah 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 blah. And and they, they were going on in this debate, and I was just pointing out, um, said, well, if men were so, because they were making the point that 
men were so misogynist and have mm -hmm. always oppressed women. And I just said, well, where did the right for women to vote come from mm -hmm. in America? Right. It was voted as an act, as an amendment to the Constitution by the United States Congress, right? Was it 1910 when that amendment passed? 14th Amendment? Was that I think what it was 21 or 20-something, yeah. I can't remember which one. But anyway, long and short of it is, is that how many men were in the Congress when they voted for that, right? It was all men mm -hmm. who voted for that. So... So the point being is that it's men, and I think he's making it fairly eloquently, mm -hmm. who's created this society in which you have all these freedoms, and mm -hmm. now you're saying that well, we don't need men. But if you were to remove men, within you know, 30, 40 years, the whole thing would collapse. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, men are absolutely critical men. A lot of people don't realize is that, you know, it's men who are out there in the subterranean parts of all the cities, you know, in the sewers and the electrical and the, the purification of water and all of these things. It's just, these men are doing these filthy jobs constantly mm -hmm. to keep it going. They're the ones that are bringing the goods in that are sold in the neighborhood bodega, right? You know, Oh, do mm -hmm. I like my peppers and this and that, you know, um, well, it's guys doing this. So we need men, right? Yeah. And But our society is so denigrated men and wants to remove men because it seems to me that the issue they're trying to get to is that in order to lift women up and sh show them value, they have to denigrate men in the process. Instead of trying to bring women up to the level of value that Christianity gave them, which mm -hmm. I think is a an incredible incongruence today um, is that what's happening now is that, well, we, we're going to denigrate men. And I think that this is why so many researchers are now picking up this moniker called a war on boys. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a destruction of boys. It's a, it's the feminization of boys, you know, and we've lost that masculine masculinity. And I think that's necessary. There's a professor who's, she, she's considered a radical feminist. She's a lesbian. Her name is Camille Paglia. She's been a professor. I can't think of the university all, uh, I, I forgot all of a sudden, but she's been a professor for her entire career. She She's now in her early 70s, and she talks about uh, feminism and what it's become. Listen to what she has to say. What I represent is the new feminism of the 21st century, which is going to be get, get over this male bashing thing. Respect what men have done, okay? Yeah. Respect men for what they are. And you give men most credit for where civilization has come to so far. Admit that what men have done, admit the great art that men has, admit, admit the culture that has, that has given women her modern freedom, okay? Now, the point is, I, the current feminism wants to make men like women, okay? For, Gloria Steinem has said that masculinity is an illness, it's a disease, it has to be cured, okay? I don't believe this. I believe masculinity is something beautiful, it's real, it's eternal. It's it's interesting. She's saying, you know, okay, so now she's she says that she's a feminist and she also says that she's a lesbian, right? And so she she doesn't have any children and she's dedicated her life. She's written a lot of books, a lot of scholarly academic things and had a lot of influence. And she's saying that I think masculinity is beautiful. It's not a problem. It's not toxic. And it's really fascinating that the American Psychological Association, the APA, which is the they, they basically write the guidelines. It's like the Bible for all your counselors in all of your schools across America. Mm -hmm. And they came out and they specifically said that masculinity is a toxin. It's toxic. And we need to get rid of that in order to have a better society. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot of people out there that want to do us harm, right? 
And what has given America in this land the greatest amount of peace over the last hundred years? What has allowed that to occur, right? All the violence that happens in America happens from people within America, right? Like terrorists had to come in and mm-hmm. do that at September 11th. But no foreign power has ever been able to gain a foothold on American soil, right? And create havoc and destruction. And the reason why is because our military, our military is so powerful, mm-hmm. right? So somebody uh, said this, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, but he said, the reason you sleep safe in your bed at night at peace is because there are strong men willing to do violence on your behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I think that what we have to do is we have to get over this silly notion that masculinity is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that there's a disconnect in our lives from reality in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we are so incredibly blessed living in America. We are pretty much the wealthiest nation to ever exist. We are one of the largest nations to ever exist. You know, there's only Mm -hmm. two larger than us right now, and those are the only two larger ones in history for for the most part. China and India. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we we have the strongest military ever to exist. Mm -hmm. We have one of the safest countries. Has there ever been a society so untouched by war? You know, you think about it. If you want to go back to war casualties, I think you got to go back to 1945 when the Japanese were sending balloons over with the jet stream. Like mm-hmm. we're very untouched by this since the yes. revolution. The Civil War was, was terrible, and that was uh, in America conflict. Yeah. But we're we're mostly untouched. Yeah. By that all was this yeah. Stuff. The the Civil you know, War has more casualties, American casualties, than all the others that we World War One and Two yeah. and all the ones that put together. Yeah. But I mean, my overall point is that we have lost a piece of what so many humans throughout history have dealt with, mm-hmm. which is that fear, which is that violence, which is the fact that uh, th- there was a movie that came out, uh, I think a year or two ago, and it was uh, it was called The Northman. It was like mm-hmm. about a Viking story and everything. And the opening scene in it is these Viking berserkers going and just attacking a village just to take slaves, yeah. just for just purely to support, just for money, mm-hmm. you know, basically. And they're they're they burn children alive mm-hmm. and they murder all the men and they take the women and it is brutal and horrible. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of human history. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that is what many, and there are many people, there are millions, there are billions of people today that still deal with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, in places that are not called the United States of America. Yeah. We are so blessed and we have been taken away from that reality. And that's the only reason that talks or masculinity can appear at all toxic is because in all these other places, the only one who fight these men who are doing these terrible things are other men. Yeah. Th- that is what is that is what holds the line. Mm-hmm. That is what has created America. And these are good things and as a man, uh, you know, part of masculinity is creating an, an environment in which women can thrive. Yeah. in which they have that protection, they have that security, they have that freedom and ability to go out and do good things and be who they are meant to be. But we have to do our work as men to make that possible. Mm-hmm. And when you start, you know, there's this denigration now of masculinity because the, I think our society has looked at all this stuff in the past and wants to get rid of it. And, you know, we can talk about the politics of that or, or all the, uh, you know, ph- philosophies and beliefs behind that. But at the end of the day, as a man... 
Who you are called to be is someone who builds a strong framework mm-hmm. for the people around you to succeed. You know, and I had a strong framework built by you in a lot of ways, you know, and you were able to keep me pushing through me through football. I remember there was a time when I played a lot of basketball and uh, for one of the basketball off seasons, we'd go down to the, we'd come down to the church gym a lot and we would do drills. You found, you know, these coach K drills on YouTube in the early two thousands and you would send me through them, you know, and, and it helped me succeed at basketball and you'd make me sit at the table and do my homework before I could go play video games or anything. Mm -hmm. And so you built a structure. And so when we look at what masculine truly, masculinity truly is, it is building that structure. Sometimes it's literal and physical, like the infrastructure we have. Yes. You know, or truck drivers and, you know, merchant marines and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people on trains and stuff who are doing all this work and doing all this stuff. You know, that's all physical infrastructure, physical things to provide for us. Then there are men who are fighting for us and fighting for our rights. And then there are men and, and women who are, you know, debating our rights. Yes. <laughs> we, we could talk about all that, but, but <laughs> yeah. you know, who there were 55 men, the founding fathers, who wrote the Constitution mm-hmm. and who signed it, right? I think yeah. I'm getting my history right. I apologize if I'm not. But, no, you know, but, they created you know, a framework. And they created a framework. And, and that is what we are supposed to do as men is create that framework for others to succeed. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society that has done that so well for a few hundred years that we are living on the blessings of that. And that's an amazing thing. And that's what those men would have wanted yes. is for us to be able to live and have that freedom. You know, we think about, you know, think about my great grandparents or my great, great grandparents or anybody, I, you know, I don't know our family true very well, but I'm sure we've had some men, you know, ancestors in our family who fought in world war two, you know, mm-hmm. or fought in world war one oh, yeah. or fought in the civil war. Yes. And I am very sure that those men would be so, so happy to see how much we have today, the mm-hmm. wealth and the freedom that we enjoy, mm-hmm. the things we're able to be able to do. It's amazing, awesome stuff. They'd be happy about that. And what we need to do as men today is build for that future, for our posterity, for yeah. the people who come, not just our kids, not just for their kids, but their kids, you know, and continue the great grandchildren, the great, great grandchildren, building that framework is what we are here to do. It's what we are meant to do. And that is what makes masculinity good is when we are building for that future. Yeah. And so if you're a man out there, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a male who is trying to find himself, he's lost and he's confused. I think one of the things that really need to happen is you need to present to him what we talked about on Tuesday. And that is the only way that you're going to find what Zach was talking about, this true masculine expression of your soul, is that you have to be around other men who have figured it out. You know, I, I, I am not the best man that ever lived, you know, I'm... Like I've told before, you know, I like to preach the gospel of Jesus because I think I need it more than most, right? You know, Paul himself, who's had such a powerful influence, he said, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am number one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was fully aware of his flaws. But but what I what I tried to do is create structure and in a place for you to discover your God given Mm -hmm. Um, masculinity, your masculine heart. You know, one of the the things that I am most, I take the most pride in. Mm -hmm. And and Paul said this, he goes, look, boasting is not profitable, but sometimes it's necessary. But the thing that I take more pride than anything else in is that when I first got married, uh, Kim and I talked about the downfalls about being a preacher, right? About being Mm -hmm. a pastor. We talked a lot about that. We talked about how it was going to be a struggle financially, 
for most mm-hmm. of our lives. And that is because you got you know, it wasn't known as an industry that was uh, fiduciarily fruitful. <laughs> it's not known for that. It's not, um, like, it's not like working in big tech. No, it's not. <laughs> Number two, because um, it's, you know, it's nonprofit charity t- mm-hmm. style work. Number two is that um, it's really hard on your family, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a reputation for PKs, which are preacher kids, mm-hmm. for just being kind of wild, you know? And and so, and then there were some other things. And so one of the things that I'm most proud about is that all three of my children have come to their own strong, powerful relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And and you guys are pursuing that. That's the thing that is, is most... Uh, uh, rewarding for me, even as a pastor to mm-hmm. see, you know, cause you know, over the years that I've been doing this, you know, thousands of people have come to Christ. We sent out hundreds of people have gone into the ministry and gone to missions and done all kinds of stuff all across the board. We've done these things over and over. We've helped raise up kids and families, great families. Well, you know, one claim to fame that Foothills has in, in the state of Idaho is that the families who are part of our church, we have sent more people to the military academies than any other community in the state of Idaho. You know, it's really quite fascinating. It's like five or six of the families that are part of our church raise their kids, send them to military academies. And so that's just that's just a testimony to what God has done through the ministry of Foothills. Right. It's how strong it is. It's not the biggest church. It's not the most uh, flashy church. Uh, It's not what some people call the coolest of the cool church. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, my spiritual gift is uncoolness. Um, no matter how we do, but these are things that I I'm happy about because it's like you said, it created a foundation and a structure mm-hmm. for young men to discover what it means to be an authentically masculine man. And people go out and they're making a massive difference in that way. And, and I also think that one of the things that I try to do is, is truthfully call out the problem with our society and the things that our society does that lies to families and lies to young men. And, and we talked on Tuesday about how it's really important for young males to have a struggle and stay committed to something and not mm-hmm. quit, right? Yeah. Because they learn resiliency. You know, winning every game is not the goal. It's fun when it happens, but it's learning the mental toughness to overcome obstacles in your life. Mm-hmm. And and I find what's really fascinating this is that um, – before I came here, I worked in a church that was considered a mega church, thousands and thousands of people, you know, and the thing I found about it is, is it was a pass through church, right? And that you come through the door and the people, you know, they're looking at the person behind you, you know, mm-hmm. they're constantly looking over your shoulder, you're passing through. And so when I went to work for that church, I said, well, the problem is why some of the stuff isn't working is you're not focusing on discipleship. Mm -hmm. So for six years, I developed discipleship there. And then I came here and have tried to do the same thing. And that is calling men to live out second Timothy two, two. And that is go and find faithful men who will be entrusted with what Paul has taught Timothy, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I always push the guys that I've worked with and that you have done. And now you are working with other men, you know, to memorize scripture, Mm -hmm. right. To learn it, to know it, what it says. But I feel that all those things are critically important for countering the influence of our society and its denigration of masculinity. Mm-hmm. You have to go with other men and be with these men in a community and stick with it so that you can choose your sacrifice, choose the what you're going to pay for, and invest in the training that produces the heart and soul that you desire in your own life. Mm-hmm. 
Thoughts on that? Ditto. <laughs> I like it. Well, I think the biggest thing is that on this Sunday, uh, you're going to be talking about, you know, the most beautiful thing about being a guy is that, you know, you get to choose what kind of guy you become. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's, it starts with that very important question. Do you know who you really are? You know, do you know who you really are? Cause if you don't, right. If you don't know what drives men, if you don't know what inspires men, then you're easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of men are very unhappy because they know they've been manipulated by society. They've been manipulated by, uh, the relationships in their lives, mm-hmm. but they don't have any idea what to do about it. Yeah. And so they resent that. Okay. And so I think that a lot of guys, uh, need to discover who they are in order that you can invest in the things that develop your masculinity that Mm -hmm. you really want. And you learn how the world and other relationships try to use your drives against you to manipulate you, Mm -hmm. to get you to do what they want you to do, to control you. And so as a man, I think it's really important to become an independent person and not listen to the world's definition of masculinity. Mm-hmm. So, well, on that note, is there anything else you want to say as we wrap up? Who are you? The most important question to answer. Yeah. Who are you? Are you a man? Well, everybody, we're glad that you joined us on this. I'm so happy that my son is here, and I'm just really uh, hope that the personal nature of our discussion today inspired you. We're here to help you grow in your faith. Uh, you need to do the work. You need to make the sacrifice. But we're here to help you, and we're here to be around you and let you know that you're, you can be a part of a brotherhood, a brotherhood of men that are seeking God and discovering who they truly are in him. So real masculinity. So with that, God bless you. I just hope you have a great week. Excited about this Sunday. Zach is going to be doing uh, Desperado number three. And the boot camp is coming up. Doesn't matter if you listen to Salty Pastor and you live in Texas, you live in Arizona, take a couple days off, come up here, join us for boot camp because it is an incredible time together of just growth and inspiration. And we, we have a ton of fun. We get to do so many different things. And we're going to go to a championship zip line and ropes course. You are going to love that. So don't, you don't want to miss on it. It's the best deal out there. 200 bucks. Go to, uh, foothills.org backslash events. You can register for it right there, pay right there online and you'll be ready to go. So with the further ado, God bless you and have a really great week.